Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Obviously, the big story in this country right around the world the last uh, few days has been the passing of Queen Elizabeth II and the year in which we marked her Platinum Jubilee, a remarkable 70 years on the throne. It is a big loss. And she leaves some pretty large shoes to be filled by her son, now King Charles III. But what was it about the queen that endeared her to so many people, including those who were not even necessarily monarchists, including in some cases, maybe even those who weren't even her subjects? But certainly for us here in Canada, uh, the continuity, the stability uh, of the queen was valuable in and of itself. But certainly her grace, her leadership uh, meant a lot as well. Joining us uh, to reflect on her uh, time in office and just how important uh, that stability was in guiding us through some difficult times. Very pleased to welcome to the program here today, John Fraser, Executive Chair of National News Media Council, also founding chair of the Institute for the Study of the Crown in Canada. John, good to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. To be here. Thank you. Uh, it is a big loss. And, and I think a lot of people are reacting in a way that, you know, if, if like a, a relative, a loved one, a grandmother had, had passed away, there was a real closeness we all felt. What would you attribute that to? You touched on it. Um, it was her endurance. I, I think um, it's quite extraordinary when you think about it, because she, as you know, never said anything publicly. There wasn't other than anodyne. You, you never got the controversial statements that, for instance, the Prince of Wales became famous for. Um, she simply endured and she did her duty. And I think, you know, there were tough times during this long 70 years. We were looking yeah. at it from the other end of it. So there were times she came to Canada and she was in Quebec one year and people booed her and turned her backs on her. And she made this famous statement. She said she was glad to be here. She was, she's not a fair weather friend. She was glad to be here during difficult times because that was what that was what being alive is all about. So she she was she wasn't a fool. Um she she knew the parameters of what a constitutional monarch was. She saved us from the ordeal of trying to figure out what a different system we could live under. And um the the Australians and perhaps you recall a few years back the Australians decided maybe it was time to drop the monarchy and they held a referendum. And it wasn't until the middle of the referendum that people in Australia finally realized they were gonna to have to figure out what was going to replace her. And right. and um, that started. No, it was it was nothing to do with the poor queen. It had to do with the fight between the provinces in, the, in Australia's case, the states, and the central government. Can you imagine this country? We have to get eleven legislatures to agree to end the monarchy. Can you can you just imagine that? No, I can't. Honestly, uh, it would be impossible. Near impossible, I would think. Uh, absolutely impossible because. It would, at the very least, if it was the federal government pushing for the change, there'd be at least one province that wanted to to uh, shove it to the federal government, and that would be Quebec. You'd end up having Quebec voting for the crown. I mean, just think of this country for a moment before you start messing around with it. No kidding. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> one could argue that there's there's a fondness for the queen herself, but look, she she embodied the institution, and it is about at the end of the day, uh, whether it's the queen, whether it's her son, that that institutions still matter. Yeah, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting historical development. If I can, I hope I'm not boring you or your audience, but. We live under the Westminster system. That's, that's an evolving system where government is responsible to an elected legislature. And that means the head of government is. Um, and the, the crown became a kind of constitutional um, ceremonial role. And that's what we have both in, in the monarchy and also in her representatives here 
or, or um, now the king's representatives and the governor general, the lieutenant governors. But when you, for instance, when the United States broke off relations with Britain, had the revolution, they modeled their head of state on a Hanoverian monarchy. And that's why the president of the United States basically has the same kind of, of, of control that George III had. I, I, I say that just upset Republican friends, the Americans keep re-electing George III every three years, four years, four years. But, but they, they don't have a system that can evolve very well, whereas we have an evolved system, and we have a head of state that, that we can be proud of without worrying when the government's doing really stupid things. You know, there aren't many Canadians uh, that have known any other monarch than Queen Elizabeth no, II. No. We've, we've grown exactly. up with her. We, we, you know, her face is instantly recognizable. We see it on her currency everywhere else. Uh, yeah. How much do you think that that matters to Canadians to have that kind of continuity, that stability through our lives? I, I think it meant a lot. I think that's part of the reason there's this sort of sadness that um, I know I was, I was in a room People were just watching the procession of the hearse driving from Balmoral to Edinburgh. And, and all along the highway, I guess there was a drone on top of it. Um, every, every bridge was jammed with people. It was, it was quite something. And, and cars had stopped by the side of the road. And it was, it was an extraordinary sight. And I think the same thing would, would happen here. I think the, her passing is a pivotal moment in everyone's life because she's been such a part of it. And um, I'm actually one of the few people that remember singing God Save the King um, when I would have been about five or six or seven years old in, in, in grade school. But um, basically, you know, she's been she's been around for just about half the history of Canada's confederation history. It's, it's extraordinary when you think about it. It is. So now we get into a situation where, uh, you know, Charles is the oldest monarch to be sworn in. He's uh, in his 70s. We, we don't know how long he's he's going to reign, but certainly it's going to be a fraction of, of what his mother was able to do. You, you figure, does, right? Does, <laughs> right. So having a, a different monarch and, and having someone who's, who's certainly not going to be able to offer that, that same prolonged sort of stability, does it in any way or should it in any way change our relationship, our thoughts on the institution? It will certainly change in the sense that it's a new personality. Um, he's already given a pretty good indication that he knows what's expected of him in his speech. He knows that he that he he has moved into basically a constitutional straitjacket. He he is now a very very controlled ceremonial figure, and he more or less indicated that his son, the new Prince of Wales, is the guy that's going to have to pick up the slack on on on. On the, on the issues that, that he spoke out on before. He can't do that anymore. Um, it's, it's too divisive in terms of our system of government. Um, but he's a well-known figure. I mean, I mean, we can go, we can go over all the bad stuff. We know, we know, we know the Diana story. We know, we know, um, some of the views that we think he is a bit loopy. But in fact, he's, he's been ahead of the ball on a number of issues like climate change and indigenous voices. But I think you'll see. Uh, what British people have already come to discover, but Canadians are a bit behind it, that he is actually going to make a, a very wonderful um, head of state. He is a, a kind and generous and giving person. Um, and we just haven't had that much evidence of that because he hasn't been here as much as his mother was. But he'll start coming more and um, and people will see that. He's, he's particularly, particularly good on indigenous issues because he has a, a well-proven track record of, of standing up for for it and he's also good on 
on climate change, all that stuff. So that will come to his benefit, um, I hope, I trust. And um, and it's a new it's a new show. It's a um, <laughs> um, it's just things change, and and uh, yeah. the institution endures. That's I think that's the idea behind all this. Right, and and the, the bottom line is, it's an institution you believe Canadians are well served by. Mm-hmm. I mean, the alternative is tough to figure out uh, without yeah. dividing the country into into terrible turmoil, unnecessary turmoil. Anyway. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.